welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. The late George Gallup Sr. did a nationwide poll and discovered one of the most bewildering paradoxes of his career. He discovered that religious interest was growing at an unprecedented rate, but so was immoral behavior. Gallup's poll revealed little difference between those who go to church and those who don't. Now, what Gallup discovered is what many people, both inside and outside of the church, know deep down in their hearts. There really is little difference between most people who go to church and people who don't. But the question is why? Why isn't there more of a difference between the average person who goes to church and the average person who doesn't? Well, I believe I can give you the answer in one word. Repentance. Now, I know to the average person on the street, the word repent is almost a religious joke. You know, whenever a cartoonist wants to depict a narrow-minded religious fanatic, they'll draw a person holding a sandwich board, you know, one of those signs, and it says on it, you know, repent, you sinner, repent. But even though the world makes light of this word, Jesus says something about repentance that chills me to my bones and makes me realize that repentance is no laughing matter. It's certainly no joke. We turn to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 13 and verse 3. Here's what it says. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, let me tell you what that statement means. It means the death of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the cross of Jesus are absolutely worthless to you and me if we do not repent. The death of Jesus Christ cannot cure one sin in one sinner if that sinner refuses to repent. The blood of Jesus Christ cannot cleanse one sin of one sinner if that sinner refuses to repent. And the cross of Jesus Christ cannot cancel one sin of one sinner if that sinner refuses to repent. It doesn't matter what else we do. It doesn't matter how well we do it. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Without repentance, we have no hope of going to heaven. You may say, but wait a minute, I believe in God, I go to church, I'm a religious person, I try to do good things. According to scripture, it doesn't matter if we don't repent. You know, we don't hear messages about repentance much anymore. But from one end of the Bible to the other, we read that all people must repent. In fact, the theme of repentance is found some 959 times in God's Word. It is the call of the Old Testament. It is the command of the New Testament. The very first sermon that Jesus ever preached, it 
was a sermon on repentance. Let's go to Matthew's gospel, chapter 4, down to verse 17. Here's what it says. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The first time Jesus ever sent the disciples out two by two to preach on their own here in Mark's gospel, chapter 6, verse 12. Here's what it says. So they went out and preached that people should repent. In the very first sermon preached at Pentecost, after Jesus, when the Holy Spirit was sent, Peter, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. Paul stood on Mars Hill and said to a group of pagan believers, unpagan unbelievers, Acts chapter 17, verse 30. God commands all people everywhere to repent. Now, if repentance is really that important, then we better understand what repentance is. In order to understand what it is, you have to understand what it is not. Now, I'm convinced that repentance is not just a word that is seldom used, it is a word that is often misused and misunderstood. Because even though repentance is composed of several elements, it cannot be equated with any one element. For example, repentance involves the conviction of sin, but it is more than just the conviction of sin. Now, you cannot repent until you are convicted of sin. But you can be convicted of your sin and never repent. Furthermore, repentance involves the confession of sin. But it's more than confession. The Bible is full of people who admitted they had sinned, but they didn't repent. Pharaoh told Moses over and over, I have sinned, but he didn't repent. Judas, who betrayed the Lord Jesus, said to the Pharisees, I have sinned against innocent blood, but he did not repent. In fact, many people confess not because they want to repent, but simply because they got caught. They're not sorry for what they did. There is no remorse in them. There is no regret. There's a story of how King Frederick II, an 18th century king of Prussia, was visiting a prison in Berlin. He's going from inmate to inmate, and every one of them was trying to prove how they had been unjustly imprisoned. They all proclaimed their innocence except for one inmate. There was one prisoner sitting quietly in the corner while all the rest protested their innocence, and seeing him sitting over there, oblivious to everything else that was going on around him, the king walked over to him and said, Son, why are you here? The prisoner said, Armed robbery, Your Honor. The king said, Are you guilty? He said, Sire, I am guilty. 
and I deserve to be here. The king then quickly gave an order to the guard and said, release this guilty man. I do not want this man corrupting all these other innocent people. Let me tell you something else about repentance. It involves contrition over sin. But it's more than contrition. You can be sorry for your sin and still die in your sin. Now, if you are truly repentant, you will be sorry. But you can be sorry without being repentant. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning at verse 9, and then we'll read 10 also. Now, I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produced death. Now, what does the word repent mean? Well, it's the Greek word metanoia. It literally means to change your mind. Whatever else repentance is, it is a change that brings a change. You see, repentance means not only to be broken over our sin, but also it means to be broken from our sin. It doesn't result just in remorse, which makes us sorry for our sin. It doesn't result just in reformation, where we try to get away from our sin. It results in regeneration where our heart and mind are changed and we become a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when we repent, we actually go through several stages. First of all, we say to a holy God, I am a sinner. Now, there are a lot of people who say that. Now, you talk to most people long enough, and they'll finally admit that they're sinners. But then there's a second stage where we say, I'm not only a sinner, I'm sorry for my sin. Now, quite frankly, there are a lot of people who go to the second stage and admit that they're sorry for their sin. But the person on the road to repentance goes on to say, I want to turn from my sin. But again, there are a lot of people who say they want to do that, but they never do it. The repentant person turns from their sin. And there is a change in their life. Or as the, the military would put it, there is an about face. There is this point where I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that we can have many people, more than we care to admit, more than some of us would like to admit, who are church members, but they're not Christians. So let me ask a simple question. Are you truly and really different from what you were before you accepted Jesus as your Savior? As a matter of fact, let me ask this question. Do we know that we are different? 
Let me go one step further. Can other people see it? Listen to this statement. If our religion has not changed our life on the inside, we had better change our religion. You know what I found about a lot of people? I mean, a lot of church members. They want to experience God's forgiveness, but they don't want to repent. I heard the story of a little boy that was dressed for church. And while his mother was getting dressed, he went out to the backyard. A few minutes later, he came back in the house covered in mud. Well, as you could have guessed, his mother was fit to be tied. She had told him not to go into the mud, but he did it anyway. Now, not only were they going to be late to church, but his best suit of clothes was now ruined. The little boy looked at his mother and said, Mom, I'm sorry I got into the mud. She said, okay, go jump into the bathtub and change the clothes. The little boy looked at her and said, no. The mother looked at the little boy and said, what do you mean, no? He said, Mom, I don't want to be clean. I just want to be forgiven. Christian author E.G. White, in her book, Christ in His Sanctuary, wrote, Heavenly angels more fully opened to our first parents the plan that had been devised for their salvation. Adam and his companion were assured that notwithstanding their great sin, they were not to be abandoned to the control of Satan. The Son of God had offered to atone with his own life for their transgression. A period of probation would be granted them, and through repentance and faith in Christ, they might again become the children of God. Now Jesus goes on to tell a parable in Luke 13, beginning at verse 6. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone. This year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that you can cut it down. Now, what does the parable have to do with what Jesus said about repentance? Well, a truly repentant person will bear the fruit of repentance. You see, real repentance not only clears a person's head and cleanses their heart and connects with God's will, it gets his, into his feet, it gets into their hands, it affects the way the repentant person lives. Repentance is not just knowing about your sin or weeping over your sin or even being, being determined to do something about your sin. It means you turn your back on your sin and you turn your face towards God. E.G. White, in her book, Christ Object Lessons, wrote, 
Faith in Christ as the world's redeemer calls for an acknowledgement of the enlightened intellect controlled by a heart that can discern and appreciate the heavenly treasure. This faith is inseparable from repentance and transformation of character. To have faith means to find and accept the gospel treasure with all the obligations which it imposes. There was a crowd of Pharisees and Sadducees who came to John the Baptist and asked John the Baptist to baptize them. But John refused. Do you know what he said to them? Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. You see, that's the real test. Fruit. That's the test of life. If you have an apple tree in your yard and you watch that apple tree for, for year after year and that apple tree doesn't bear any fruit, I've got news for you. That apple tree is dead. Listen to these words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 19. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So when I talk about repentance, I'm talking about total repentance, not partial repentance. There are a lot of people who come down the aisle of a church, make some kind of decision for Christ, but it's only half-hearted repentance. They're willing to give up some things, but they're not really willing to give up everything. I want to tell you something. A half-hearted repentance is nothing more than wholehearted rebellion. I heard about a shoplifter who wrote a department store in an anonymous letter. The letter said, Dear Sir, I've just become a Christian and I can't sleep at night because I feel guilty. So here's the $100 I owe you. He signed only his first name and then he put a P.S. at the bottom of the letter that said, if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. You see, we need to get honest, honest with God and honest with our own heart. Has there been a time in our life when we actually changed our mind, our heart, or our will? Has there been a real change of direction in our lives? My friend, repentance alone will not save us, but without repentance, we cannot be saved. In the book, Patriarchs and Prophets, on page 102, it says, Multitudes have been living in transgression of God's law, and now He in mercy calls them to obey its sacred precepts. All who will put away their sins by repentance toward God and faith in Christ are offered pardon. Now, most of you have flown on an airplane at one time or another. When an airplane touches down on landing, you know that huge machine is moving so fast that the only way the pilot can slow it down and bring it to a safe landing is to literally reverse the engines. There's nothing quite like that, that, that roar you hear when those jet engines are reversed. You immediately feel the effect on your body as that plane is 
literally being taken effect in a different direction so it can slow down and stop. Anytime you've got something with that much weight behind it, moving with that much speed, it takes a powerful force to stop it. If the pilot failed to reverse the engines, that plane would go off the runway and it would crash. Well, you see, we are all born moving as fast as we can down a road that leads to eternal death. And we're moving with such force that if we do not put the engines of our life in reverse and literally begin to head in a different direction, we will also run off the runway into death. My friend, you had better turn right with the right turn or you will certainly perish. So repent. Repent and be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that in your Son Jesus, in his life, his death, and resurrection, we have the gift of forgiveness. Father, you ask us to come to confess our sins, to repent, to change direction, and you are willing to forgive us of our sins and remember those sins no more. Father, I just pray that each and every one of us will make that commitment to ourselves and to you today that we will change direction in our lives and head down the path to glory by that same Savior in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have what we refer to as our book offer. On each and every program, we like to offer a resource. It's a book, a magazine, some material to help you in your spiritual journey. Um, these books are made available through the generosity of our donors. We send them to our viewers. There is no obligation whatsoever on your part. You're never going to receive an invoice. Uh, the books arrive at your home postage paid. You know, we don't always get as many books as we would like, or in other words, we sometimes have more callers than we have books. We always try to accommodate by providing something comparable if we are unable to get additional stock of the book that we have originally offered. And so I hope you understand that. Also, uh, before I share with you what resource we have today, if for whatever reason you have requested a book and you have not received it, just reach out to us again and tell us what book it is and we're going to do our utmost to get that to you. One other thing, if you request the book by phone, we get inundated with calls. If you happen to get the, the voicemail, please leave us your name and your mailing address. That makes it so much easier for us, okay? Uh, today's program, we have this little book. It is called, I Will Give You Rest. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a, it's a quick read. It's a small book but it's a powerful book and we'd like to send it to you. And so here's what you need to do. You need to pay attention right now to the information we're going to provide to you, which tells you exactly how you can request this resource. 
To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Before we go, I want to remind you of a couple of things. One is our website, l4ltv.com. All of our previous programs are, are uh, accessible on the website under the previous programs tab. We've got some archived sermons, different messages. We've got other resources available on there. Check that out. We also have a tab that is Donate Today. You can make a donation if you feel so moved to, to do so. We are a charitable organization, so you will get a receipt for income tax purposes. So check out the Donate Today tab also. Uh, Instagram, I have an Instagram account every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I post a one-minute devotional video, just a thought for the day. Check that out. Follow me on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. This way, every time we post a new program, you'll be notified of that. Uh, go to SoundCloud and follow us on SoundCloud. Download an audio version of the program. Carry it with you. Share it with, uh, with your friends. All of those resources are available to you so that in between broadcasts, we can remain connected with you, our viewers. Uh, one other website I want to draw your attention to is our missionnowcanada.com website. Mission Now Canada is a part of our ministry that focuses on overseas humanitarian work. We are uh, always looking at opportunities to go overseas and to help the less fortunate so check out the website, missionnowcanada.com. On the website, you're going to see a couple of things. You're going to see where we've been in the past, some of the work that we've done. Uh, any updates on where we will be going next will be available there also. So check that out. And you can make a donation there also to missionnowcanada.com and have those resources committed to the overseas humanitarian work. Okay, so check that out l4ltv.com, missionnowcanada.com also, two important websites. We are rapidly running out of time. I want to thank you for watching. I'm going to ask you if you would be so kind as to share with your friends and family our program when it's on in your jurisdiction, what, you know, what channel, what time, so that they maybe can join us next time also. God bless you all. 
We look forward to seeing you again and doing this all again next time. Till then, God bless you. We'll see you back soon.